Now, my responsibility is to teach you the word of God, the Bible, especially, like I said, the new covenant. Amen. Because if you don't know the new covenant, then you don't know your covenant. Uh, our covenant is the new covenant. But we have to understand that the old covenant is, is done with. It's, you, can't, you can't do nothing else with the old covenant but read it. Uh, the old covenant was for Israel. The new covenant is for us. And so now what we have to do is learn our new covenant. Everything in it is for us. That's why there's no curses in the new covenant. There's no condemnation in the new covenant. All right. Because the new covenant is Christ. All right. All right, let's get right into God's word. Now, what I want to do today is I want to go to our subject. This morning I read Acts chapter 6, 8 through 15. And uh, I'm going to just read Acts 8, 1 through 4 for today. Acts chapter 8, 1 through 4. I read Acts chapter 6 this morning, 8 through 15. Then I read Acts chapter 7, 51 through 60, because I wanted to show you uh, the message. I'm talking about volume number 7. Uh, I'm sorry, volume number one, part seven, or the day is part eight. But uh, I'm sorry, the day is 10. I'm sorry, because I taught seven and eight last week. His wife has made herself ready. And I come in today and I'm, I'm teaching part nine. Saul persecuted the church this morning, nine. Now we're at verse 10. That's how fast these, uh, the messages goes here. Uh, we, we did six tapes. Uh, last week we did his wife made herself ready. We did verse part seven and eight. Now today it's nine and ten. Okay, I wanted to make sure we straighten that out. All right. Now let's go to Acts chapter number eight, where we want to read. Uh, in Acts chapter eight, we're dealing with the Apostle Paul because we're showing you Saul, S-A-U-L, is our subject. Saul persecuted the church of God. And what I want to show you that the church of God were called saints. There's nowhere in the Bible that, that the Bible called us the saints. Israel was called the saints. It doesn't mean you are not sanctified. If you want to say you saints, I don't have anything to do with it. All right. But what, when they were speaking of literally was the Old Testament Jews. Okay. Uh, now let's go to that in Acts chapter 8. And we want to look at... Uh, We'll start there uh, in verse 1 in Acts chapter 8 because I want to show you persecution. And what I want to show you also is tribulation is not in your future. Uh, you know, we, we see things like earthquakes we, we, in different places. We see a tornado. We see snow on a Saturday night, uh, that kind of thing like we did this past Saturday night. That don't mean you're in tribulation. But people take what goes on today, and they'll say statements like, well, you know, it's the last days. What are you basing it on? The last days of what is what I like to ask, because the last days were the last of the old covenant. And the last days of that old covenant, uh, Israel was living in that time. And the way you do is you have to have the Bible to understand the Bible. You can't go, you, you can't put yourself in the Bible and what we're doing now and put it in the Bible. The Bible is a closed book and the Bible has already been sealed. You can't add or take away from the Bible. It's the last thing they told you in the last chapter of the book of Revelation. 
You can't add or take away from the Bible. So here we're going to go to Acts chapter 8. You ought to be there by now. And we're going to start reading with verse 1 through 4. Acts chapter 8. Now this is, the persecution has already started. We showed you this morning, back there in chapter 5, we showed you Acts chapter 6, Stephen was stoned. Chapter 7, Stephen was stoned, dead. All right, now we go to chapter 8. Remember, Saul is still Saul until we get to Acts 9, 13. He's still Saul. Um, that's before he was saved. And verse 8, chapter 8, verse 1 says, And Saul, there it is, was consented unto his death, talking about the death of Stephen's. At that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which is, was, which was, you know, you said was, because this church was totally destroyed. The church which was at Jerusalem. He's not talking about is, talking about was. Remember, the Bible is a history book. Give you everything that has happened. They were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except the apostle. So he's talking about the church of God, which was at Jerusalem. I like that because it's not at Jerusalem today. All right. And then in verse two says, and devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentations over him. As for Saul, he made habit of the church. Entering into every house and hauling men and women, committed them to prison. And the Bible said, therefore, they were scattered abroad everywhere preaching the word. Now, I gave you something this morning. I want to give it to you right now. Acts 21, 38, just one verse. In Acts chapter 21, verse 38, the apostle Paul, when you watch the movie on, on the television and you see Paul with a few men fall to the ground. That, that was not a good picture. Uh, thank God for the, for the movie, but watch this. In Acts chapter 21 and verse 38, it says, and, and the man asked Paul, he says, Art not thou that Egyptian which before these days made it an uproar and lead it out in the wilderness 4,000 men, 4,000 men that were murderers, so you got to understand the Apostle Paul didn't, wasn't just Paul in a, in a few men. Paul had an army. And with this army, he was persecuting the church. And like he said, he made havoc of the church. Now I'm going to show you. Let's go to Galatia. Let me show you one in Galatia, chapter number one. So all through his testimony, uh, he's given what, where he was and what happened to him. And Galatia chapter number one. And I like this because... What I see in Galatians chapter 1 is Apostle Paul is telling everything that happened to him. We're going to start reading with verse 1. Galatians 1 and 1. we just go all the way back there. It says uh, in verse 1, I, Paul, or Paul in a minute, an apostle, not a man, neither by man, uh, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. I want to just stop right there and say something. Uh, that you may write down some things, those who are listening, especially when you believe that God called you to ministry. Uh, what you have to understand is, is the word called. And I'm a, I'm a, while I'm here, I'm going to read Galatians 1 and 6. He called you into the grace of Christ. That's the first call. But you may say, well, Paul, God called me to be a pastor. Well, he called you unto holiness. See, you have to understand, these are the kind of things you see in Galatia, you're going to see 
the different call. He called you into the ministry of Jesus Christ. He called you into the gospel of Christ. Paul is going to go through all this, called him to be an apostle. But before you get to the word an apostle, before you get to him being an apostle, he was a servant. He was a person who was a, a deacon in the church. If you go back to Paul's ministry, and then from there, God began to use Paul. See, what we want to do is we want to come into church, we want to start preaching. I mean, that's, I mean, you know, I got I to gotta preach. Well, now, first of all, God want to make sure you can be holy because that's a call also. Uh, he called us to holiness. Without holiness, no man going to see the Lord. So we have to understand these are steps uh, that you have to take. You have to live for the Lord and you have to prove yourself. I always tell, say, say to people like this, when you come down to the ministry, uh, especially of the Apostle Paul, if you notice, uh, before you do, the first thing people want to start off doing, but Paul didn't say that. You have to start off being. So that's why if you learn to be, then you will know how to do. And most people start out doing. I mean, God called me to be a preacher. Well, start out being. And there are some things in the Bible God told you about being. As a matter of fact, he told you to be holy. That's one thing he told you to be. Uh, you go through the Apostle Paul. He said one thing. He said, be an example to the believer. So how are you going to preach to people that you are not an example to? People who just believe, can they look at your life and know Christ? So you've got to be before you do, is my point. And that's what you want to watch the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul gave us who he was. He opened up his life and said, this is me. And then he said, but I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And God gave him mercy. See, you can't keep doing the same thing you're doing and say, God called you to preach. You, your mouth is calling your flesh to sin. You can't do that. When God called you to do something, he, there are steps. He called you to holiness. He called you to righteousness. He called you to fellowship with the brothers. He called you for a whole lot of things to be. See, and once you be, then out of that can come your doing. All right. Because uh, ministers are work. There's nowhere in the world I could do what I'm doing if I was not who I said I am. It, it don't go together, you know. Who you are enables you to do. I just want to leave it out there. All right. So when you look at Paul, Paul persecuted the church of God. The church of God was called the saints. I know we always hear people say, good morning, saints, or whatever that. The fine word saint comes short of sanctified. But the Bible was really talking to the Jews. You can call yourself saints. Okay, I have no problem with that. All right. But let's go by the Bible. Let's go see what the Bible says. Galatians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle. Now, now he's an apostle. You don't get that when you start off with Romans. Paul, a servant. You don't start off in the servant. But here he is an apostle, and he's telling you how he became an apostle. Not a man, not by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. So he told you. And then he said in verse 2, And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia. So all of these books that he's writing here at Galatia, he writing to the churches of Galatia. And you see the word S on churches. Grace be to you and peace. And then the next thing he says, from God the Father, from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sin. So he's going to the churches, letting them know what's priority. He gave himself for our sin that, we, that he might deliver us from this present evil world 
according to the will of God. And that's why he came back and delivered them from the present evil world. Uh, and then it says, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Then verse number six, you're going to get to something in verse number six. Verse six says, marvel, I marvel that you are soon removed from him. There's a call that call you into the grace of Christ. So you have to know that God called us, all of us, into the grace of Christ. Although people do not want to, re- do not want to leave religion. Now you're going to hear, for Paul to get into the grace of Christ, he had to leave religion. And what we don't understand, communion on the table is law. You are trying to keep the Passover. See, when you eat the bread off the table, you're trying to keep the Passover. And I'm going to show you the word of God. The Passover was never given to the body of Christ. The, the Passover was only celebrated in Jerusalem. Think about what I'm saying. All the feast days, read Leviticus 23 and on, all of the feast days happened in Jerusalem. They did not have a temple nowhere else that you could worship but in Jerusalem until Christ came. And so when Christ came, Christ worshiped in the temple of Jerusalem from his early age. As one time, they forgot him. They left him. He was in the temple asking questions. Because they had to leave their homes and go all the way to Jerusalem for the Passover. So every feast day they had, they had to go to Jerusalem to celebrate the feast because it was called the gathering. All the 12 tribes would gather together and go to Jerusalem. They see one another in Jerusalem. That's when they kept the Passover also. Unleavened bread. All those feasts that they kept, they had to do it in Jerusalem. So, what we live in today, people tell you can, you can take communion on Sunday, wherever, longer than the church. Then you got some people say you, got to, you, can't, you, can, uh, you can go to people's houses and take. You can, in the old, if you're going to follow the Bible, the Passover could only be taken at Jerusalem because it was an Old Testament feast. No one new covenant told you you have to take the Passover. I'm going to show you 1 Corinthians chapter 11 when I go through here because at that time they were at the church. If you understand what churches were, you understand why they were doing communion. I'm going to read a little of that today. So in Galatians chapter number 1 verse 6, there was a call. The Bible says, I'm, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ. Unto another gospel. Because the grace of Christ means all the work has been finished. So you have to ask yourself, why are you doing communion? What you call communion. Why are you keeping the Passover? Really what you're doing. Why are you water baptizing? All that was under the law. John the Baptist baptized. Got killed. John the Baptist. Also Paul baptized. If you look at all these things and Paul says, I didn't baptize but a few people. Once he found out, he didn't baptize anybody anymore. All right. So you have to see what the word of God said. In Galatians chapter number one and verse seven, he says, which is not another. There's not another gospel. So my point is, if you're doing communion and water baptizing, foot washing, what gospel are you following? Because it's not the gospel of Paul. I'm going to show you in 1 Corinthians chapter one when I finish here. I'm going to go 1 Corinthians one when I leave here, verse number uh, 15. Watch what he says. He says, they perverted the gospel of Christ in verse 7. But though we are an angel, 
from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached. Paul said, if anybody preach anything to you that's not what I preach to you, let him be a curse. Let him be a curse. Now, God did not have Paul baptizing. God did not have Paul serving communion. Because that's not under our gospel. That happened under the Old Testament believer, which people do not want, don't understand that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John was the last of the Old Testament ministry that Jesus came and fulfilled. Once you get into the book of Romans, you're not in the Old Covenant no more. You're in, you're in the New Covenant. That's why you don't circumcise in the New Covenant. You circumcise in the Old one because that was under the law. But all that's done, all that's been done. Uh, in verse number seven, which is not another gospel, but there'll be some that trouble you and will pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be a curse. As we said, therefore before, say I again, if any man preach any other gospel to you than that we have preached unto you, Paul says, let him be a curse. For do I persuade men of God or do I seek to please men? If I seek to please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Then they're going to get into verse 11. I certify you, brothers, that the gospel which was preached of me was not after man, because it was revealed from the Holy Spirit. I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but I was taught it by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, when I get to the book of Revelation, it is also the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave John. God gave three people in this Bible revelation. First, Peter. Matthew 16, 13. Who do men say I the son of man am? That's the vision that God gave Peter. Then God gave vision to the apostle Paul. His, his vision is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And that same thing that God gave, gave him there was the same thing that you will see when you get to uh, Romans 15, 16. These are the kind of things in Romans 16, 25 also. Those are the things that the apostle Paul, he had the revelation of the mystery he preached Christ, but it was a revelation of the mystery. Well, if you go back to Christ, Christ preached the mystery. Number one, Christ preached the mystery. Number two, Paul preached the revelation of the mystery. Then three, you now have the mystery already revealed. Okay, so you, you, don't, you don't have to go try to figure out what it means. It means what it says. It's been revealed. All right, you just now got to know who is he talking to. Because if you look at the word and you think he's talking to you, you're wrong. The Bible is talking to the people of that day, to the church at Galatia. I just read that. All right, here he says uh, in verse 13, you have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion. So he's telling you what he used to be in before he found the grace of God. He was in the Jews' religion. That's why he persecuted the church. And you show me anybody in religion, they are persecuting the body of Christ right now. See, people will tell you, well, you know, you don't do this. Well, y'all don't do this. Y'all, Why? Because you're in religion. See, in Christ, there's no condemnation. And also, I'm going to show you, when you're in religion, you judge us. And I'm going to show you that because people are, think they're supposed to judge. Write that down. That's 1 Corinthians 6, 1 through 4. I'll explain that at that time. All right, so he said to them, verse 12, I neither received it as man, neither was I taught it, but I was taught by the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my conversation. That's his life. That's the way he lived. You heard the way I live in time past in the Jews' religion. 
Now, what did he do in the Jews' religion? He killed Christians. See, that's what religion does. Religion always destroys one another. People do not want the grace of God. They want religion. And because you're doing religion, Pastor Crumpo, they don't water baptize. Pastor Crumpo, stay in motor. They are cut. Because we don't water baptize. They don't do communion. And then they turn around and tell the people there are two ordinances in the church. Two ordinances in the church. Water baptism and communion. Praise God. Then you want to ask the question, who gave them to you? Because this Bible did not give you no ordinances. In Acts chapter 15, he told you, the church of the Gentiles, three things to do. Abstain from fornication, abstain from eating things strangled, died of itself, or also anything, don't eat blood. That was all he told the church. He said, if you do this, fare you will. So you read chapter 15. You can't do Passover in the church and tell you God told you to do it. Because the Passover had to be at Jerusalem. And you are not at Jerusalem. There are only one place they could do Passover, and that was at Jerusalem. Everybody went to the Feast of Passover on the 14th day of April. Everybody. And they celebrated the Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and also first fruit. Death, then resurrection. They went back for the Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of Pentecost. All these things Jesus celebrated and fulfilled. But yet people want to do these things in the church. They don't know. It was not given to you. All right. So Paul talked about his past because he was in the Jews' religion. And, but watch what he did in verse 13. For you heard of my conversation in the Jews' religion, how beyond measure I persecuted the church of God. He's telling you he persecuted the church of God because he was in religion. He didn't know. He was blind. And I wasted it. I like the NLT. It said I almost destroyed it. Talking about the church of God. Those were Jews. And I profited. Isn't that something? And he profited in the Jews' religion. Otherwise, he got promoted. Above many mine equal. Being more exceedingly zealous of the tradition of my father. He got promoted. He got promoted to the Pharisee of the Pharisee, the man who will get you. All right. Verse 15. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb. Now, remember, you got to know his mother was Israel. Hallelujah. God separated him from his mother's womb. He separated him from Israel. And the Bible said, and called him by his grace. That's what he didn't like. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He left that. And the Bible said he, he, he did it to reveal his son in me. That I might preach him among the heathens or the Gentiles. Or immediately I confer it not with flesh and blood. So he's telling you. God revealed his son in me so I can preach him among the Gentiles. Until God revealed his son in you, you can't preach the gospel of grace. Because Christ is the gospel of grace. He's the grace of God. All right. With that in mind, uh, I, I, I gave you some other things I want to just jump on them. So you got to already should have that verse because I'm coming there, right? The next thing I tell you I'm going to. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. Take too long. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I, you just have to already have it. I just can't. 
I'm not going to talk about it today. First Corinthians chapter six. I know this one of them. I, get, I, I tell you, write this down. That'll help me out. So, well, you don't have it. I can't wait now. I got to get some stuff out here to the people today. First Corinthians chapter six, verse one through four. Now, this is what a lot of people hears and they thank God. First Corinthians chapter six. We're going to look at one through four. Oh, it is on the street. Watch what the Bible says. See, this is why people take this and, and think we got to be judged. You don't, you don't, you read, you're reading the right book, but you're putting the, who the mail to. In verse number, chapter six, verse one. I dare any of you having a matter against another, go to law before the unjust and not before the saints. So if you know who the saints were, you know they were at Jerusalem. I'm going to give you that verse in four, on why we're here in 1 Corinthians 14, 33. You can write that down. I'm going to show you that next. He says, you go to the unjust, unsaved, and you know not to the saints. Do you not know that the saints? Now, people don't know who the saints are. That's why they think we're going to judge the world. You don't know what the world is? First of all, the world is the 12 tribes of Israel. And, and Jesus' 12 disciples were sent to judge. And I want somebody to find that. So scrum. That's your assignment for me. Uh, Jesus told his 12 disciples, you will sit with me. Judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And yet people think we're going to judge the world. The, Israel is the world. Why do you think the Bible says, for God so love the world? See, you got to know who he's talking about. John 3, 16, you wasn't even saved. He wasn't talking about you. God so loved Israel that he gave his only begotten son. God gave his son to Israel. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost, who was used. We got our salvation because they rejected salvation, and now the gospel came to us. But Jesus did not come to save us. He came to save the world in his death, death, and resurrection. But because they rejected the gospel, then we, we got the crumbs from the master table. So when you read that, you'll see all everything the Jew didn't want, it dropped on the ground, they walked off and left, and Gentiles come behind and pick it up. And the woman said, but we eat the crumbs from our master table. And I'm like this, if the crumbs are that good, oh my God. All right, now watch this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, once again, he said, do you not know in verse number 2 that the saints shall judge the world? You're talking about the world. You're talking about Israel. I'm going to show it to you. Uh, I'm going to go to Luke 22, 30. After this, I'll show you that one. And Matthew 19, 28. And then when Sister Crump found me hers, I do that one. He told his 12 disciples, you're going to sit with me on my throne, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. That's her assignment. All right. Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are you not unworthy to judge the least smallest matter? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? Now, see, so what we do, we thank God talking to us. No, he talking to his 12 disciples. Because they were going to sit with him on 12 thrones. They were going to judge angels. How much more of the thing that profit in this life? If you then, if you have, if then you have judgment of things pertaining to this life, 
set them to judge who are least esteeming the church. The key is what church you talking about. All right, let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Now, that's one thing you got to get if you're going to follow me today. You got to get to know what church we are preaching about today. My message, once again, is Saul persecuted the church of God, which was saints, which were Jews. I showed you at Acts chapter 8, verse 1, he persecuted the church in Jerusalem. All I can do is just keep telling you, you got to keep notes if you're going to be under my ministry. There's no way you're going to keep up. All right, now, let's go to uh, Luke twenty-two thirty. Let's show you a couple here. The Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 22, and verse 30. Get in behind the scene to, to get it before we do. Acts 22, and verse 30. I'm sorry, Luke, that's what I need from you. Thank you for correcting me. Always correct me when I say something wrong. Thank you. Uh, Luke, chapter 22, and verse 30. Oh, man, I, I got all this stuff right here. Look, let's back up to, uh, they won't know who's the greatest. Remember, let's go to verse 28. That'll all to get us. Luke 20, 22, 28. Are you there now? Okay. You are they which have continued with me in my temptations. And I appoint to you, he's talking to his 12 disciples, I appoint to you a kingdom as my father has appointed unto me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on throne, look at the Holy Ghost, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. See, that's who was being judged. That's why I told you last week, the whore in Revelation 18 was judged. That was the 12 tribes of Israel. The one that did not want the Lord. All right, let's show you another one. I gave you Luke twenty two thirty. 30. Let's look at Matthew nineteen twenty eight. So, wife, the Holy Ghost help you out. You don't have to look no more. Matthew 28, 1928. Matthew 19, 28. So when you see this, you, you'll see, I'm showing you two different places in the Bible. That's all I'm doing. Matthew chapter 19 and verse number 28. Are you there? All right. Uh, Peter asked the Lord in verse 27. He said, then answered Peter and said unto him, behold, we have shaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? Remember, these are the 12 disciples who followed Jesus. And Jesus in verse 28 said to them, verily I said to you, that you which have followed me, in the regeneration. Now, when did the regeneration take place? Is that in your future or in your past? It's in your past. The word regeneration is born again. Okay, when did born again begin? At the cross. God raised you from the dead in Christ. Jesus called the first begotten from the dead. All right? Now, if he's the first, then you can't be the first, right? So that means generation is already taking place. I'll show you that in Titus 3, 3 through 7 if I get a chance. Titus chapter 3, verse 3 through 7, shows you the regeneration. He said, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, you also shall sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. How many can see that now? All right, so that's what he said there. Then when you read 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and you put that together, you will see that he said to them, 
you're going to judge the world. You're going to judge angels. Because they are the ones going to sit with the Lord and, and do the judging. All right. Not us. All right. And we are not being judged because they no come. There's therefore now no condemnation to them in Christ. All right. And we are not the one that's going to judge the world. So don't go out and tell nobody where you're going to judge the world. You're not going to judge nobody. Okay. That's why when you read that, it'll say this. See, you got to understand what churches was in the church at Jerusalem. That's why he said to that church in Jerusalem, this is what he said to them. Judge nothing before the time until the Lord come. Wife, you can find me that verse. Judge nothing before the Lord come, until the Lord come. See, so that's why they couldn't judge nothing until the Lord come, because they're going to sit with him in judgment. That's why he says, judgment is mine, saith the Lord, I will. We pray, recompense no man. So they couldn't do none of that until the Lord come, then they would do it. All right. Now, is anything I gave you out there that I can go to right now? I heard 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. I heard something, but I don't know what you're saying. Are you all saying 1 Corinthians 4, 5? Not 14, 33. Now that sounds better. First Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 33. This is who Paul was talking about the Jews. He called them saints. That's what I'm showing you. In First Corinthians 14, 33, waiting for the screen, there you go. It says, For God is not the author of confusion, but also of peace, as is as in all churches of the saints. Remember, the saints were the church at Jerusalem. They had different churches. They had a church at Galatia. Uh, I mean, a church at Damascus. If you remember that, Paul was on his way to kill the church, kill them in Damascus. Isn't that right? And that church were Jews. How you know? Because the man who came and prayed for him was named Ananias, and he was a Jew. See, those were called the churches of the saints. All right. Now, let's, let's go on, because I, I gave you Galatia. Uh, uh, chapter 1, 1 through. I'm, uh, you're going to take it off because I'm hitting 45. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 5. Yeah, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 5. There you go. Because if you don't say it that way, I'm going to hear chapter 45. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 5. Here we go. Paul said in verse 4, I know nothing of myself. Yet I'm not hereby justified, but that he that judges me is the Lord. Remember, they wouldn't get judged until the Lord returned. So that means if the Lord had not come back, none of them folks had been judged. And I'm going to tell you something else. And also the devil is still Lord, is still ruling everything. As a matter of fact, death is still raging. Because the last enemy he supposed to destroy was death. See, with your calculation, he hadn't done that yet. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come. That's why he said that to them. Judge nothing, bef just nothing before the Lord come, until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsel of the heart, and then shall every man have praise of God. Every man going to be blessed according to his works is really what he said. Every man going to have praise of God. So that's why it can't be you. 
Now that, when I read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 6, I want to give you a scripture that I want you to look at. That's, we go to that now. Exodus 32, 26 and 27. See, everything happened in the Old Testament and the New Testament is being revealed. So when you, when you study uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1 through 4, you're gonna, you also are studying what already happened as a type and a shadow when Israel came out of Egypt. Let's go look at it. Uh, Exodus chapter 32, verse 26 and verse 27. And you will know you are not the one doing the judging. Israel is being judged and they have to be judged by their own brothers, the Levites. So that's why they call them the saints. They were judged by the saints. Just like in the old covenant, Israel was judged by the Levites. Now, why were they judged by the Levites? They, they had, I'm coming to this camera moment. They had, they had worshipped the golden calf. They had made the golden calf. And because they had made the golden calf and worshipped it, is when Moses came down out the mountain and Joshua said, they have a party. And Moses said, there's no party. There's no, there's, no, there's no war, I'm sorry. That's a party. Because that's what they're doing. They were having a party. And the people had corrupted themselves. And that's what had happened at this time in 1 Corinthians. But they tell you that you, you're going, they're going to be judged. Watch who judged them. In Exodus chapter 32, what verse I should go to? And 26. Now, when you read 22 and verse 25, Aaron said, make us gods. And they made a golden calf. And verse 25 says, and when the people were, made, were, were naked, and Aaron made, had made them naked for their shame among their enemies. Moses said in the gate of the camp and says, who is on the Lord's side? This is what was happening in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. They get ready to judge their own brothers. Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto Moses. All the sons of Levi. Levi was a priest. All the priests came to Moses. And then, now remember, he had already, when you read that 32nd chapter, he already, back in verse, uh, go back in verse 19, I'm going to come right back. Let's show you verse 19 and 20, and then I come back to verse 26. Same chapter. Verse 19, it came to pass, as soon as he came nigh to the camp, that he saw the calf, and the dancing, and Moses Anger waxed hot. Now, that's the same thing that happened when the Lord came for Israel and they weren't ready. That's the same thing. All right. See, everything you see in the Old Covenant is happening in the New Covenant. You just got to know, know how to understand it. He says he saw them dancing party after he came back out of the mountain. Well, how long had he been in the mountain? King Commandment coming on. Every, I watch it. He was up there 40 days and 40 nights, right? How long Jesus had left with Israel? Acts chapter 1, verse 9. How long he been gone? 40 days, 40 nights. He'd been gone 40 years. See, Old Testament was 40 days. New Covenant is 40 years. So the Lord had been gone. Why? Because he, he died A.D. 30. And just a calculation, A.D. 30 when he died, born in B.C. 3. Forty years later, we made it A.D. 70. 
Go ask your own Google, when was Jerusalem destroyed? It would tell you AD 70. See, this stuff is not hard. All right, I like that woman to be on TV. She says, it's not complicated. All right. Now, verse number 19, because I want to show you what they did with the commandment that they was going to give them. Watch what happened. Verse 19. We in Exodus 32 and 19. It came to pass as soon as he came now into the camp and he saw the calf and the dancing of Moses' anger wax hot. He cast the tables, that's the Ten Commandments, out of his hand and break them beneath the mount. Now, if you watch the Ten Commandments, I'm going to tell you what he's going to say. It says this. I'm coming to this camera. If you don't live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. And he threw the Ten Commandments on the calf. See, if you watch all that stuff, you get all that, man. Watch this here. And he took the calf which they had made, and they burned it in the fire. They ground it to powder. They strawed it up on the waters. And then they made the children of Israel drink of it. All right. That's what they did with Israel. Because they had done this. They had turned back from God and went back to the calf. They went back to the old law. They went back to Egypt in their hearts. That's why you have the book of Galatia. Who has bewitched you? All right. Let's go back to now uh, Exodus 32 and uh, verse 26 again. We're going to do 26 and 27 and 28. Just three verses. And, it came, and verse 26, Then Moses stood in the gate of the, of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto Moses. They were the priests. They were the priests. All the whole tribe of Levi were the priests. And he said to them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Put every man his sword by his side and go, into the, go in and out from gate to gate throughout the camp and slay every man his brother. The Levites had to do that. They got their sword. Every man that didn't come on the Lord's side, he killed them all. 3,000 men. Watch this. Go out throughout the camp. Slay every man his brother. Every man his companion. And every man his neighbor, and the children of Levi did according to the words of Moses, and there fell of the people that day, just that day, about 3,000 men in one day. All right, now, let me go to the book Ezekiel. See, all this stuff, if you understand it, you're able to know when people who don't understand it. Ezekiel chapter number 8. I'm going to look at Ezekiel chapter 8 and chapter 9 quickly because my time clock, that clock is moving, man. Ezekiel chapter number 8. Now, when you look at this, this is the same thing happened in the book of Revelation, and it happened to Israel. So don't let nobody tell you, you know, you're going to have to, we're going to have to stand before the judgment seat, be, be, give account what we've done. And, and talking to you, there's no condemnation. How are you going to have no condemnation and you're going to stand before the judgment seat be judged? Now, somebody lying or somebody don't know what they're talking about. But let's go to the 8th chapter of the book Ezekiel. Now, in the book of Ezekiel, you got to understand Ezekiel. E Ezekiel was in captivity 
in Babylon when God gave him the vision of the people that were left behind. Are you ready for this? I forgot. And it came to pass in the sixth year, in the sixth month, in the fifth day of the month, I sat in my house. He's in captivity now. Just like, just like uh, when I read the book of Revelation, uh, when I read this morning, Revelation chapter one, we're supposed to get to chapter three. Hopefully I can get there. And John was on the island of Patmos, but God gave him the vision of what was happening in the last days. And he was on the island of Patmos. He had to write down everything was happening for the judgment for Israel and put it in the book. That's what you got in the book of Revelation is what happened to Israel during the tribulation. That's why I'm giving you the message today. Paul, Saul persecuted the church of God. 4,000 men. Just because Paul got saved, they didn't stop. It's not like, okay, Paul just got saved. Don't kill nobody else. All right, now let's move on. We're in Ezekiel. Are you there? Ezekiel chapter number eight. He's telling you what he saw. In verse number one, he says, I sat in my house and the elders of Judah sat beside me, before me. And then the hand of the Lord fell upon me. Now remember, this man, Ezekiel, is a priest. So God's spirit comes upon him because he gave me to show him what's going on in Israel while he was in captivity in Babylon. See, he was in captivity with Daniel. Amen. All right, in verse number two, he said, I beheld and lo, the likeness and the appearance of fire from the appearance of, of his loins, even down with fire. And from his lawn, even upward, and the appearance of brightness was the color of amber. And I put forth a form, and he put forth a form of a hand, and took me by a lock of my head. And the spirit lifted me up between the earth and the heaven. He's in Israel, remember, earth and the heaven. And brought me into the visions of the Lord, of the God of, to, to Jerusalem. He brought me in the visions of God to Jerusalem to the door of the inner court that looked toward the north where was the seat of the image of jealousy. Now what did I read to you in Exodus 32? I read to you that they were worshiping golden calf when the Lord came back. So this is what God is doing. He's showing Israel through Ezekiel what they are doing while they are, he left them. He didn't take them into captivity. They were all old people or little children, but they had turned to worship idols. God is showing the same thing happened in the book of Revelation. John's on the island of Patmos, and God is showing the wickedness of Israel and showing why that the wrath of God is being poured out. They have turned to idols and fornication and everything else. And watch what God going to say to him. He saw that in verse number three, he says, where were the seat of the image of jealousy was provoked to jealousy. And behold, the glory of the Lord God of Israel were there according to the vision I saw in the plain. Then said he unto me, son of man, lift up thine eyes now the way toward the north. So I lift up my eyes the way toward the north and behold northward at the gate of the altar, the image of jealousy was in the entrance. They had a big idol they had put in the entrance of Jerusalem. 
when you see the abomination of desolation, that's what you ought to hear. He said, furthermore, to the son of man, seeth thou what they do? Even the great abomination that the house of Israel committed here, that I should go far off from my sanctuary. But turn yet again, thou shalt see great abominations. And he brought me into the door of the court. When I looked, behold, a hole in the wall. He's in a vision. He brought me to the door of the tabernacle. He said, then he said to me, son of man, dig down the wall. And when I had dug in the wall, behold, he said to me, go in. Behold the wicked abomination they do here. See, you over here praying on your knees for the Jerusalem, Israel, they're all left behind. He said, boy, shut up. Let me show you something. So I went in and I saw and behold, every man, every form of creeping things, abominable beasts, all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed upon the wall round about. They got idols all around inside the temple. And there stood round about seven, seven, 70 men of ancient of the house of Israel in the midst of the, there stood Jehazaniah, the son of Shaphan, every man his sense in his hand, a thick cloud of incense went up. Then he said to me, son of man, have you seen what the ancient old people doing here in Israel in the dark? Every man got in his own chamber, wishing his own image. They said, the Lord seeth us not. The Lord has forsaken us. He said unto them, turn again. You haven't seen you enough. Turn. Thou shalt see greater abomination than they do here. Then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was toward the north. And behold, there sat women weeping for Tamar's. Then he said to me, have you seen this, O son of man? Turn yet again. I'll show you great abomination in this. He brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house, inside the house. And behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord, behold, the porch and the altar were five, 25 men with their backs to the temple of the Lord and their faces toward the east, worshiping the sun. And you worry about why I ain't answering them folk? Then he said to me, have you seen this, O son of man? Is the light thing to the house of Judah that they commit the abomination which they commit here. For they have filled the land with violence. Did you understand that fornication? The land with her fornication when I read in Revelation. And have turned to provoke me to anger. And lo, they put the branch to, they gone to smoking dope now, child. They're just gone. Therefore, what I also deal in my fury, my eyes shall not spare, neither would I have pity. And though they cry in my anger with a loud voice, I would not hear them. But we going on. Chapter 9, verse 1. He cried to me at mine ears with a loud voice and caused them that have charge over the city to draw near. Well, who got the charge? The angels who stands on the four corners. Held them to draw near. I want their weapons in their hands. Behold, six men came from the way of the high gate, which lighting up the north, and every man slaughtered a weapon in his hand. Every one among them were clothed with linen, with a writer inkhorn. Said it with a writer's inkhorn. He got it on his side, a writer's inkhorn in his hand. And they went in, they stood before the brazen altar. And the glory of God of Israel was going up from the chair whereupon he was to the threshold of the house. 
And he called the man clothed in linen, which had the writer's ink horn by his side. Verse number four. The Lord said to him, throughout the go, throughout the midst of the city of Jerusalem, the midst of the city of Jerusalem, set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abomination that be done in the midst here. The people who want justice. So you will see that mark in Revelation 7, 3. I'm not going to write it down. That mark was Jesus. They put the name Jesus in their forehead. I gave you that last week. Revelation 7, 3 and Revelation 9 and 4. And to the others, he said, here come the other angels. Go after him. Follow the man that got the ink horn. Everybody that he don't mark with the name Jesus on him, you kill him. And to the others, he said, in my hearing, go after him through the city, smite. Let not your eyes spare, neither have any pity. Slay utterly is this why I showed you in Exodus? When they came down from the mountain, they had a golden calf, and the Levite had to kill all of them who didn't want God, who on the Lord's side. That same thing happened in Ezekiel, and the same thing happened in the book of Revelation. Slay utterly old and young, maids, little children, women, but come not now any man whom is the mark. That's Revelation 9, 1 through 4. They put a mark on their forehead, the name Jesus, or the Holy Spirit, we told you last week. He says, come not near any man upon whom. How the Lord know who you're Christ? How do he know you're Christ? How do he know you are God's son and nobody can bother you? It's what I want to know. I told you last week. How do the devils of hell know not to touch you? So you about to get it. Last week, take. I'm not going to tell you no more. You got to know why they can't come near your dwelling. See, you can sing all that stuff, but you better know this. They told these angels, don't go near any man about whom is about or who have the seal. And begin at my sanctuary. That's why Ezekiel chapter 8 told you. Start at my sanctuary. Then they, be, then they begin at the ancient men which was before the house. And he said to them, defy the house. Fear the course with slain. Go ye forth. And they went forth and slew in the city. It came to pass while they were slaying them, I was left that fell upon my face and I cried to the Lord and said, Oh Lord God, will you destroy all the residue of Israel? You remember Jesus says, but for the elect's sake he wouldn't. Sean Bracewell. You remember the question? That's it right there. The only reason he stopped was for the 144,000 who he took out of Revelation chapter 7. And he says, Oh Lord God, wilt thou destroy all the residue of Israel in thy pouring out of thy fury upon Jerusalem? Then he said, The iniquity of the house of Israel in Judah is exceedingly great, and the land is full of blood, and the city is full of perverseness. And they said, The Lord has forsaken the earth of Israel, and the Lord seeth, don't see us. And as for me, my eyes shall not spare, neither have I pity, but I will recompense their way upon their own head. Now, what happened in the old covenant when that happened? Moses stood his face, fell down his face before God and told God, don't do it. And the Bible said the Lord repented, changed his mind by what he was about to do to Israel. You have one meeting in the new covenant between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. You ought to thank God for him right now. 
what, he, what God was planning on doing with us, the son stood there and said, no, the blood, the blood. They got the blood, don't touch the one got the blood. Amen. And behold, the man clothed with linen, which had the ink horn by his side, reported the matter and said, I have done as thou hast commanded. And they don't play around. No manger went out. They killed everybody who did not have the name Jesus on their forehead. That's what happened in the book of Revelation, chapter number. With the book of Revelation. Matter of fact, I had one I was going to give you, and that's Revelation. My time is already gone. Revelation chapter 3. And we'll start there, hopefully. I'm just going to read just a few verses because I'm done. My time is already gone. Revelation chapter number 3. You enjoyed the word today? I just, what my thing is, I want you to understand, it's not you. That's why you got to understand. He persecuted the church of God, Jerusalem, the woman. So that's why when you get into the, I'm going to ask you today if you'll do this for me. Read the, the, the 12th chapter of the book of Revelation. That is where he persecuted the woman. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 12 is where we left off this morning. I just want to do the last church, and that's verse number Revelation 3, 12. I'm sorry, I was over the last chapter. You got the last three churches ready, and you got Sardis. Revelation chapter 3 is Sardis. Somebody says Sardis. All right, watch what he says to Sardis in verse number 3. Remember therefore what thou hast received, heard, and hold fast. It, I read that this morning, didn't I? It's how it come quickly. All right? So I, so I need to go to Revelation chapter number Three, but verse number seven, to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. Am I right? All right, I'll finish reading it. All right, I, okay, Sardis. Remember, therefore, that thou receive and heard and hold fast, repent. See, all that was to all those churches. If therefore would not watch, I will come in as a thief. That's how he came, as a thief in the night. And she'll know what, you are not going to know what hour I will come upon thee. You got a few names in Sardis which have not defiled their garments, and they, they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh, the same, be, same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. Remember, that's what he told Moses. Moses told God, if, if you don't forgive them, blot my name out of the book of life. Your name is not in the book. You are the absolute person. Your name ain't in a book. You are the body of Christ. All right, but I will confess. Why would he say he's going to do? I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Now remember, if they deny him, he will deny them. That's not your covenant. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says through the churches. Philadelphia, uh, chapter number three, we are down now to verse number uh, 10. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I would also keep you from, from the hour of temptation. See, can't you see that wasn't you? I will keep you from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all Israel, all the world, to try them that dwell upon the earth. So what did God give them? Faith. What is being tested? Their faith. James, the trial of your faith, work patient. All right. Then in verse number 11, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast. Then the hell but number of faith. That no man take your crown. If he take your faith, he take your crown. Him that overcometh, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. He shall go out no more. I will write upon him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God. This is what Israel is. Israel is the city. You are not the city. You're the temple that's in the city. God built his church. Up on this rock, I build my church. He's building the temple now. 
And that's who you are. He's already got the city. You go to the book of Revelation, he show you the city. Let's show you. Revelation chapter 21. Let me show you the city of my God. You're not the city. You are the temple that's in the city. All right. Verse number 12. He that overcometh, I'll make a pillar, a pillar, I'll make a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go no more out. I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. So which is New Jerusalem, which coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said unto the churches. The church that laid the seal, verse 14. Unto the angel of the church that laid the seal, write these things, saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. In verse 17, this is what I'm going to show you when you get to Revelation chapter 12. This church sat as a widow. She said, I'm rich, and I don't need nobody. And the Lord said to her here, because you say I'm rich, I increase with good. I have, I, I have nothing. As Revelation reads the woman. And I don't, I, I don't need nothing. Don't need nobody. You know it's not that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, woman. I counsel you to buy me gold tried in the fire, that you may be rich in white raiment, that your naked would not appear. And the shame of your naked would not appear, that you could be clothed. Anoint your eye with eye sound so you can see. And as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be jealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door. That's when they came. He came now, now he came to the door of the woman's house. And she's supposed to be ready and come out to meet him. She wasn't ready. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, if you open the door, I'll come in and fellowship with you. I'll come in and sup with you and you'll sup with me. That's what they did before he came back and got the bride. To him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and sat down with my father in his throne. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. And my time is already gone. Somebody ought to stop that clock. First Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received and where you stand, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. I deliver you first of all that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. He was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. This is what happened. Paul preached Christ. Paul showed us in the word of God. Everything happened to the church, the saints. Paul persecuted the church of God. He didn't persecute the body of Christ. He built the body of Christ but he persecuted the church of God until he knew better. What an awesome thing to realize that the man who's your apostle used to persecute the church of God. And God forgave him and gave him mercy and he became the first man in the Bible who received the grace of God to be saved. And Paul said, if God can save me, he can save anybody. Hey, my time is already gone. I thank you for yours and the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. 
I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.